0: Ask Kickers, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so incredibly grateful that you are here. How is your summer going? I think we're officially in that time of year where the graduations have happened. If you have people that you love and care about in school. That's all over. We are officially in the swing of summer. I love summer. It's one of my favorite seasons and one of my most kind of hectic seasons. I feel like summer is supposed to be vacation. I feel like we're busier and things are more complicated in the summer. (laughs) It's not long before I yearn for the, I guess it's just, you know, the regimented of the school year because I have kids in elementary school. And again, I'm just super glad you're here. If you have not joined us over on Patreon, we are coming up towards the end of the bonuses. So if you're just hearing about it, I have decided to no longer take any advertising and sponsorships as of August. We might still have some commitments. I'm not totally sure we might, we might not at all, but I am going to let that go. So that means no outside influence from advertising and sponsorships. And really why I took that on in the first place was because I needed to help with production costs. It does add up. As I say, it takes a village to create and produce a podcast. And I have a team that helps me over here. We've come a long way from those very, very early episodes where there was no editing at all. Oh my God, help me. (laughs) (laughs) The <laughs> (laughs) But anyway, as the show has progressed, it does, the production costs add up and add up. So I wanted to have a place where the show can be supported. And there was something to give back to people in the community, y'all, who decide to pledge the show. So that's where Patreon comes in. The show will still always be free. I want to keep it that way. I'm not moving over to a platform that charges for every podcast episode. And this place, Patreon, is really awesome awesome it is it, it's a place where we can gather in community as well as give you extra bonuses depending on which tier that you decide to pledge to. So as for little as a dollar an episode, which is kind of like the chip jar, you can see behind the scenes photos and videos of me producing, creating and producing the show. And there are two other tiers above that. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash your kick life to read about them. It's everything from being able to submit your questions for listener Q&A episodes, being able to suggest questions for future guests and topics for me, to do, whether I'm doing it with an expert or um, a solo episode, you also have the opportunity to get the podcast a day early. And right now, oh, we're also doing these Ask Me Anything video um, Zoom calls with me and my dog. And also there's bonuses. There's extra bonuses if you get in before June 30th. I know that's just in a few days. There's I think at least 10 hours or is it more than that? I think it's actually more of bonus content right now and lots of bonuses over there. So head on over to patreon.com slash. YKAL and check it out and hopefully you can pledge any amount that you feel like and I'll see you over there. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who have already pledged. We're having some people join us and it's really exciting to see your names come in and send you emails and and just celebrate with you this this new beginning to support the show. The other thing I wanted to announce is that very soon, the middle of July actually, we're going to open up applications for my fall program which is called the Men- Mentorship. I could not think of a more clever name, and I wanted to keep it simple, so it's called The Mentorship. What it really is, it is more of a mentorship slash mastermind slash program This is going to be a virtual retreat that is going to go over the curriculum of the Daring Way, which is all about shame, resilience, and vulnerability and better relationships and more confidence and knowing your triggers. It's so many tools for you to be able to move away from those behaviors that you might be very familiar with if you read my book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, and move into behaviors and coping mechanisms that allow you to feel proud of the woman that you are. That's what the Daring Way curriculum is really all about. in a nutshell, as well as three months of support from me and the group. It is limited to 12 women and I wanted to keep it small and intimate so that you get special attention. There's also one-on-one uh, support in that and I am just ecstatic to be able to offer this. It is by application only. If you want to be notified first of that, just head on over to yourkickasslife.com mentorship. doesn't obligate you to sign up. It just makes sure that you are the first to hear About it and to be able to apply if it seems like something that you are interested in. This is really for anybody who knows that they thrive in that kind of environment where it is structured and there is accountability both from me and from the group. I know that I talk a lot over here about actually doing the work. So when you are ready to be able to commit to something like that, if you have kind of been buzzing around in your ear like, yes, I am the person who has read all the books and listened to all the podcasts and followed all the right people on social media, and you want to actually apply all of the things that you know in your head, which you haven't It's like, how do I, how does this actually work in my life? This program is probably for you. So, slash mentorship, and you will be the first to hear about it. And that's all I got for the announcements. Alianka is our guest today. Super excited to have her on. She is somebody that we have sort of danced around with each other on social media and follow each other and comment and. Um, We tried to get together in New York when I was there, but she was out of town and we have just wanted to meet. It's like one of those like kindred friendships from afar. And when we got on the phone on this call, we were immediately like talking and talking and talking. And we finally had to stop and and hit record. And I love her energy. I think she's amazing. You'll hear me gushing in the beginning of the episode (laughs) to her. But before we jump into the conversation, let me tell you a little bit about Alianka. Alianka Polanco has a vision that women are going to heal and rule the world. An NYU certified life and success coach, she is the founder of The Big Vision Mastermind and author of Beyond Profit, The Successful Woman's Guide to a Meaningful Life. Over the last four plus years, she has coached top performers in fields as diverse as sales execs at Google, Broadway stars, and business owners from Dubai to Australia and everywhere in between. So without further ado, here is Alianka. Alianka, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Okay. I I, I must say this every time somebody comes on, that, you know, how just... Uh, bouncing off the walls, I am excited, but you mentioned <laughs> something <laughs> before we started recording, which makes me even more excited, which I think I'm just going to leave everyone in suspense on that topic, but I want to kind of ease into it a little bit. That's, that's what I'm, I'm feeling. And I wanted to sort of introduce you to people about your story a little bit. And I noticed on your website, you talked about growing up that you were a bit of a rule follower and, and I'm going to totally. quote, quote a little bit on your website. You said you come. Constantly twisted and molded yourself to fulfill the vision that others had for you. And I know that a lot of my listeners can so relate to that. So my question is, when and how did you realize you no longer needed to fit into a mold others were kind of putting, putting you into?
1: Mm. I, it, my senior year of, of high school, I was like, you know, I was like, you're, regular overachiever. Like I was in the drama club. I played sports. I was a straight A student. I was in the honors classes, all this stuff. And I lost my election, like my final president of senior year. I lost the election. Yeah, (laughs) it was. Oh yeah. I was really pissed off. And (laughs) like 24 hours after so embarrassed and all of those like teenage Uh emotions that come with it, But I remember this so clearly because, like, maybe a day later, like, once the anger had subsided and once the embarrassment left, I was kind of relieved. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, why? Like, why am I happy that this happened from from that young of an age? I, I just had this realization of, oh. I don't think I was ever president because I needed to be president. I think I was president because I was expected to be president. Mm -hmm. And it just like led me. I've been in the personal development world since I was like 17, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and I just like started this self inquiry of, okay, well, if I'm so relieved to not do this because it came from someone else and not me, what else in my life is someone else's influence, namely my parents at Mm -hmm. that age. Right. But what's, what's someone else's influence versus what's my own influence. And so since, since then I've like really been, that was kind of the catalyst when I realized, Oh, that's such
0: an important question to ask yourself, whether you are 17 (laughs) or whether you are 47.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Like I still ask myself that to this day and I'm 29 now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whose influence is this? Is this something that I really want for myself or am I trying to like fit someone else's picture of me? Hmm.
0: That is, it's so intriguing to me and just spectacular that, that you had that. And I'm assuming it was sort of your intuition that was whispering that question for, to you, yeah. just that relief of, of not winning the election and, and going down that path of thoughts and feelings and life changes that that, that it happened to you so young. And I think for yeah. many of us, we don't, I mean, my, I didn't, I feel like I had those invitations but I never took them. Like, I just was Mm. like, no, not ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not ready to answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I think I am, you know, my mom and I, I'm a Pisces. My mom's a Pisces. My, my grandma was, uh, I don't know what her son, where sign was, but I don't know, like the women in my family are like intuitive and very just, I, I don't know, like self-inquiry is a big thing in our family. So I guess this outside thing happened in my life and I was just, I, you know, age or not age, I think I was just in my family. That's what we do mm-hmm. is always asking ourselves these questions.
0: What a gift that you were given. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't If that was a thing in my family, it was not something that was ever talked about. It was very much like stay in your comfort zone and and just try your best and things like that. But what an amazing gift. And I noticed also that you use the word courage a lot on your Mm. website and in social media and stuff. And there was a particular blog post I was reading where you you talked about having this quote that hangs on your wall that reads, the first step to getting what you want is having the courage to get rid of what you don't. So Uh. tell us why that quote (laughs) resonates with you and what kind of possibilities do you think it it can offer people? Oh man,
1: it's such a good quote. Mm -hmm. And I'm like laughing because it's, it's hard. I think it's really hard. And part of the reason that it resonates with me is because something I've kind of learned in my personal development journey is that as much as it's important to develop a vision and to create a game plan and to look forward, we also have to be releasing what doesn't serve us. Mm -hmm. And actually, and just in my experience, I actually think that the releasing of of what's not serving us takes precedent over the building of what we want. It's like we have to make space for wow. it. And I think that's really effing hard, Andrea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think um as humans we're just like we we're attached. To things, to ideas, to identities, behaviors. to be yes, to mm. behaviors, to people, uh, we are attached. And I just think it's so, you know, even for me, I I can only speak for myself, but it's it's so hard to let go of things, even even when we have the awareness that they're not helping or they're not supportive.
0: <sighs> totally, it's we we. I feel like we become. We become comfortable being uncomfortable and don't realize it's happening. And I teach a program every year called Raise Hell where that's part of – it's a decent part of the the curriculum is learning how to say no and – what are you tolerating and let, yeah. letting go? And I try to incorporate some somatic things in there because it's not just as easy as saying, I mean, I'm just going to let go of this and it's going to work out <laughs> okay, just fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to wash
1: my hands. It's going to be great. I yeah. love, well, first of all, I love the name of that program, Andrea. <laughs>
0: well, because for women, you know why I named it that? Honestly, because for women to do things like that, to set boundaries, to say no, to say yes to things that they want to, to make space like you were just talking about, to, you know, to, to really honor their values and who they are, in this culture, many times, it is an act of raising health. Mm. And I was in the car and that, um, it actually comes, it's the name of a few songs, but more specifically the band Dorothy, which I love her And it's, they sing a song about raising hell. And so
1: amazing,
0: Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: No, but it's so, that's so real. And you're right that it's not, that's why I have that quote. I still have it. I have it like on a placard in my room, (laughs) uh, because it's like just a constant reminder of what do I need to be letting go of? What, what do I need to be releasing?
0: Yeah, I think it's a lifelong process. I love that. What a great, what a great reminder. songfinch.com slash noise. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash noise. Andrea. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Andrea. Masterclass.com slash Andrea. Similar question, because getting clear on what you want can take some time. And I remember one of the very first workshops I did probably – you know, eight or nine years ago. And it was just a, just a regular run of the mill vision board workshop as many of us do. (laughs) And I was asking, I was taking the women through this visualization about getting clear on what they want, you know, so that they could start the process of making their vision boards. And I had two women came up to me afterwards and said, kind of like embarrassed, you know, what if I don't know what I want? So Mm. what are you, do you have any advice for that? Like what's one turtle step towards getting clear on what you truly want?
1: Mm. I love that question. I think, I think that's really normal. First of all, I also encounter a lot of people who have that almost like maybe shame around, I don't know what I want. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's part of the process to not know what you want. So
0: (laughs) no worries about that. But I I think think especially for women, I just want to like, just stop you for a second. It's like many of us spend so much time being the nurturer and doing everything for everyone else. When do we stop and take a breath and look inward and go, what do I want? And then if we do, there's a lot of shit wrapped up in that, like guilt and like, mm-hmm. oh, am I worth it and all that? Yes. So just want to yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> oh, no,
1: I love that. And, and I feel like it also begs the question, like, what do I really want? I think I want this. I think I want this, but actually really, truly, de- truly deeply mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so totally agree. There's so much wrapped up in that. But I would say that a turtle step would be to just identify what you don't want. Yeah. And it could really be as simple as just looking at your life and just like taking a really honest look and being really honest with yourself and being like, okay, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for me. This doesn't work for me. And just noticing what is not, what's not doing it for you right Mm now.
0: Yeah. I just, I am inviting everybody to get out a piece of paper and answer some of the questions that have come up just in the last like (laughs) few minutes of this episode, because it might, it might even be a question of what do you want less of in your life? Maybe not something that you want to eradicate, but what do you want less of? Mm -hmm. Start there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was so attracted to you in the beginning and, and, you know, we run in the same circles online and in the personal development world and everything, everything about your, from, from the pictures on your website to what you post, you exude this feminine. Okay. I'm going to try to put words around this. (laughs) I was not prepared for (laughs) explaining this, which is sometimes the best. It's like this feminine exuberance that is so magnetic. I know I'm not the first person that's told you this.
1: (laughs) I'm like, I'm over here
0: smiling. I'm like, wow, thanks. (laughs) But it's this like beautiful feminine exuberance of... I, I imagine that a lot of people want to be around you, especially women, just to be able to be in that energy. And you
1: and mm-hmm. I have not met
0: in person ever. But Oh my I, gosh. I, I mean, did I get it kind of right? Like-
1: <laughs> no, totally. Well, first of all, thank you. I received that. And I think you
0: are right. Like that, yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. And, and I, I imagine when I meet women like that, whether it's here, just on the podcast, on a call or in person, I imagine a, that they've done the work and they're continuing to do so. It's not like a, a, you know, a shut case. It's still open and they're, they're humble in their, um, in their knowing and they're not knowing and still learning and being a a teacher or a a teacher and a student of life. Yeah. Simultaneously, man. All the time. (laughs) All the time. And don't pretend that they know all the answers. And things like that. And personally, I am in a place where I haven't talked about this whole lot on the podcast. I'm, I have, well, what I have talked about is my desire and intuition telling me that I need to go deeper in a sense of connecting with my body. I'm very heady, you know, like I like the mm. tools. I like practical step-by-step process. Give me some bullet points. What are the steps I need to take? You know? <laughs> yeah. Even when I was in coach training and they would do these somatic exercise and training us on there, I was literally eye-rolling and like I'm never going to use this. That's where I was back then. So anyway, all of this to say – I'm tapping into more of my natural abilities and gifts as a woman and feeling the pull of, um, you know, I have, I've had a psychic on the podcast a couple of times. And so my listeners are not, this isn't brand, brand new, but you and I were talking before and you said, so, so tell the listeners, you woke up this morning and wanted to talk about what on the podcast. And I had no plans to do this. (laughs) I literally woke up. And
1: so my grandmother passed away when I was in middle school, but she's totally one of my spirit guides, has totally been leading me ever since I like, quote unquote, woke up to spirituality. And this morning it was just so loud in my head that you and I needed to talk about our witchy maternal lineage. (laughs) And it was it was so loud. And I don't I remember like when we first talked about me being on the show, like that wasn't even a thought. No. But I woke up this morning and I was like, Oh, we have to talk about this. On, like, so on weird. this podcast.
0: <laughs> right. And I think it's so interesting because yeah, I had I didn't have any plans to do that. So of course we're gonna talk about it. And <laughs> and Alianka and I have not had this conversation previously. So I don't know where she's at in this, and she doesn't know where <laughs> I am I'm at in this, but but really what's come up for me. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't know if I've gone into, into depth into depth about it, but my, I never met my maternal grandmother. She died 12 years before I was born. Mm. And I also believe that she is one of my spirit guides. I had a psychic tell me, I can't remember if we were recording the podcast or not, but it's this, it's Laura Powers. She's been on the podcast a couple of times and I asked her about it and she said, yes, but she's not the only one. She has many mm. to take care of. Probably my 75 cousins. Cause my <laughs> mom is one of many symbols. Grandma's
1: like making the (laughs)
0: But I, I know that one particular time I know she was there where it was, I put myself in danger and got out of it. And I know that there's been talk of it in our family. My mom has seven sisters and, but you know, being raised, catholic and it's just not something that you talk about and if if you do it's behind closed doors in whispers and so i'm trying to my mom gave me a, her tarot deck that she had and i've just been i found a metaphys- metaphysical store near me which is really exciting yes. didn't think there was one because i'm in like rural <laughs> north carolina <and> i found <laughs> one my kids call it the witch store when are we going back to the witch store but for me and and just to say cuz i don't think i've talked about this in about what a witch being a witch means to me it is not about For me, it's not about like, you know, on a full moon, taking my clothes off and dancing in the moonlight and, you know, trying to resurrect Satan. Like it's not at all. Like I, it's not. And I think, and, and growing up when the term pagan was like, you were a devil worshiper,
1: Like, no, 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 no,
0: no, no. we don't do that. We don't talk about it at all. And now learning the history of what paganism really is and and what it isn't, it's fascinating to me. And there's so many misconceptions. And for me, being a witch, I'll bottom line it, being a witch means to me is really just tapping into – the seasons and my cycles, I feel like it's no coincidence that we have four phases of our menstrual cycle and there are four seasons that we have 28 days for our menstrual cycle and the, the, the moon yeah. cycles the same, that a placenta looks like a tree. It's like the same thing, like that we are so wow. connected to mother earth mm. that never really occurred to me from before. And so as women, for me, it is about s- tapping into and stepping into my power as a woman and allowing other women to do the same and teaching any way that I can. And it's all for good. I'm not putting hexes and curses on people by any means <laughs> and, and, <No>. misconception. <laughs> and that's sort of where I'm at. So I'm going to stop talking cause I could talk all day long about this. So what, what does it mean for you? And like, where are you at in the journey? Tell us your history.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, i love that. Thank you for sharing, Andrea. I feel like I, I had a little bit of a different upbringing because, um, we, We were Catholic, I guess. Like that's the kind of church we went to, though I'm not really religious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I my grandmother was a witch was super well known in the community like i i just remember when she i'm dominican from the dominican republic and she lived with us during the warmer months and i remember people would just come to our house on friday nights and pay her 20 bucks and she'd usher them downstairs to the basement and they'd come up crying 20 <laughs> minutes later like wow. I, I remember it so clearly she she used to read the tarot And so it was really accepted in my family. My dad, so this is my maternal grandmother. And what's funny is my mom, even though she's like super intuitive, she actually like shunned witchcraft, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, until I started on my witchy journey. And she was like, all right, I can't let you do this alone. Uh (laughs) even my dad thought my grandmother was like the most brilliant woman ever. Um, And even to this day, she passed when I was in middle school, but we have a party in her honor every single year and people come, I I call it a family reunion, but it's really a party in honor. of My grandma this year, 150 people were there. Yeah. Like it's, it's no joke. And so I guess for me, it was never hidden. I just, I was always sad that I, I wasn't older when she passed away. Like I always wish I could talk to her uh-huh. about all of this, but yeah,
0: that that's kind of my background <laughs> or my familial uh-huh. background. So wait, so let me get this straight. So, so y'all went to mass and it was known that she was a witch. Did they call her, yeah. did they call her like a cunandera or something different? A curandera? Well,
1: I don't, I don't, But but she was also like she was religious, too. So she was Catholic and she prayed to God. And she also practiced Santeria, which is like the witchcraft of the Caribbean. And I don't know, I guess like in her world, they were they went hand in hand. Yeah. Like, I don't remember it ever being this or that. It was like this and. This and that.
0: I think it depends. And again, I'm so, like, this is rudimentary for me. I think it does depend on your culture. My family history, they were seventh generation Santa Fean from Spain. So I don't know where it ended up being like, it's an or, like it's, it's, yeah. not an, it's not an and, but, and I was always really, my mom had a falling out with someone, the higher ups at the Catholic church. So I was baptized Catholic and then we became Lutheran, which is really just Catholic light. It's the same thing pretty much, <laughs> but I remember being so fascinated and, and really loved the ritual of Catholicism and all of the saints, my aunt, like, well, two of my aunts actually know about all of them and the rosary. And I have my great grandmother, I have her rosary. She was actually Mexican. And so there's, and there's, for me, there's a Hispanic pull as well. And I've always been so enamored by Hispanic women and people, my people love my, my just absolute love of cha-cha de gregorio from greece she's my my favorite (laughs) ever since i was a little girl i've just i've just been really drawn towards it cha-cha was a witch i feel like she was too (laughs) and then maybe that's why everybody didn't like her because they were scared (laughs) a little scared it's just the, the confidence that she had. I mean, she was just at the epitome of zero Fox, that woman. She just,
1: totally. I love that. She was your favorite. And I've actually, you know, I love Greece. I've never even considered that, but like now that we're talking about cha-cha, I think she was totally a witch.
0: Yeah. I did a whole podcast episode about it because nobody really <laughs> likes her. And I remember like, if you watch the very, very little scenes that she's in, like when she wins the dance contest, she snatches the trophy out of the woman's hand and waves it around. Like, of course I fucking won. Like, I'm the best dancer. And she just, she, she just, she just doesn't care. And I mean, yeah, she had no friends and things like that, but it was, she was a character and it's symbolism. So that's what I love about it. Well, you know what, what comes up for me around that is like,
1: I love your definition of what it means to you to be a witch. And I think for me, it's a witch is someone who is open to the magic of life. yes, And I feel like that magic looks so many different ways. And I, if we really looked at witchcraft, there, it comes from all corners of the world. Mm-hmm. Like there's no one way to practice magic, but I just, I think a person who self-identifies as a witch, and this is so exciting because I have a cousin who like is just tuning into her spirituality. So it's fun to see it. I, I don't know. I have been super into the witchy stuff for probably like seven years now, maybe mm-hmm. six years, but it's fun to see someone who's like just waking up to it and like looking at her journey, I'm like, yeah, she's just, she's available for magic. And yeah, I love that definition. And yeah, and I, and I think every witch, regardless of where she comes from or what she practices, or like you said, like, I'm not doing hexes. I don't even do spells. I'm like afraid to do spells. <laughs> um <laughs> I am because I, I legit feel like I can feel the power behind them. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't, and I don't know if I'm going to be in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a witch is just available for magic.
0: That's such a great definition. I love that. I, well, I am into spells. Like I, (laughs) I, So do you, my question, do you have an altar? Like what is your, do you do like moon rituals or anything like that?
1: Yes, I do new moon rituals and I do full moon rituals, right? That's like the monthly, it's like (laughs) written in my calendar. Those are my nights. I do, I have multiple altars. I also, in my grandmother's house in the Dominican Republic, there's an entire room that is an altar. So I try my best to go there like once a year to pray at that altar. Um, my mom has an altar <laughs> and it's like everyone, everyone I know has an altar. I, I guess why I have been afraid to do spells is I'm just, I, I feel, I don't know how to explain it other than like, I feel the power mm-hmm. and I'm like, is this my power to use? Mm. <laughs> like, is the I, I still am making peace with the immense power yeah. of, of magic.
0: I'm with you. I had one of my mentors told me that I was afraid of my own power. And she basically said straight up and down, like, it's your ego. Your ego's afraid of of your own power. And I don't disagree with that. You know, I think that And this is come trying to let go of messaging that has told me pretty much my whole life that I was too much, that I was too loud, that I was intimidating. That was a word Mm. I heard fairly regularly from men and women. And I learned from a fairly early age that men don't desire intimidating women. And Mm. so I learned to take a step back and be someone that I thought That men wanted me to be, you know, because that's that's our goal, right? Just yeah, (laughs) yeah. that part down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's what's coming up for me around that, and and this question of power. First of all, right? I do think that this is a pill women have been force fed Mm -hmm. for like millennia. Is no one wants a powerful woman, right? Right. Like I I do think societally that has been like shoved down our throats. Mm-hmm. And then even in my own fear of power, I think I've just seen how I, I feel like we've all seen how power gets abused. Yeah. And and it almost feels scary to even claim power, even though we know we're like a force for good. But it feels scary to claim it because. I I just wonder about that line of when does it become like an abuse of power? Sure. And and I wonder if that, if that's where my fear, (laughs) I'm discovering this on this call, but that's like where my fear of of power lies.
0: And I wonder if most women feel like that. Well, I think that it begs the question of what is your definition of power? Like specifically for you, Alianka. And I think that's a question for everybody to ask themselves.
1: That's a good question.
0: (laughs) Cause we've, we've made up stuff and been fed it our whole lives. So I'm curious what yours is. And then I'll tell you what mine is, because I've oh, never man. defined it either until just now. It's not like I have an answer in my back pocket.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Well, I I don't have words for it yet, but the image I literally have is me standing with crystally looking spears in the palms of my hand, <laughs> and that this image of me like having power at my fingertips mm-hmm. is is what's coming up for me. But I don't have words yet. So I want to hear your definition. (laughs) I think that power is
0: a few things. I think it's being in peace and ease around your entire humanity. And that's your full range of emotions. That's still finding compassion for others. It's Mm. boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going after what you desire. I think desire is that like tricky word that is challenging i think for some women for some- because it's not it's not the word want i'm talking about your desires your deepest desires yeah. without having to explain yourself without having to apologize i mean start th- that's just a start and i think power also is in leadership And, and taking responsibility for that power, because like the old quote tells us, you know, with great power comes great responsibility Mm -hmm. and leadership. And like I was saying at the very beginning of this call, it's part of the humanity that I mentioned is. Knowing that you being powerful to me isn't all knowing and that you are perfect and that you don't make mistakes or missteps or step in shit sometimes. That yeah. is going to happen and is taking responsibility for it and going through it with grace and kindness as best you can. And, you know, still being a human. That's yeah. just like the, my first answer. I love it.
1: I love it. I feel like this is an ongoing conversation, like mm-hmm. not just for us, but for everyone listening
0: to wow. What is power to me? Power doesn't have anything to do with having dominance over, over other people. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that kind of power. If that's the definition of power, I don't want any part of that. <laughs> I don't. X. I no. never have wanted that. And I remember like when my platform first started to rise And I I noticed there was a few people like kind of putting me on pedestals. I pulled way back because I was like, I don't want any of that. I don't want Mm. people to think that because when you put people on pedestals, and I know this from experience, putting people on pedestals, when they fall, it's devastating. It's (laughs) hard. When I say fall, like when they make a mistake, because they will, because they are human, which I have done before. And I think it's so much easier to forgive that person and just, just, be okay with their humanity and their failure fa- fallibility fallibility I never can get that word right you guys know what i'm saying I, yes it's so much I, easier to just go through that than to be devastated when someone makes a mistake
1: i think that's so freaking real i've been thinking a lot about this because i i've been doing a lot of live of- over the last year, I kind of changed my business up um, to spend more time with people in person, and I kind of noticed the same thing of the pedestals. And I kind—I feel like when I coach something that I'm like really passionate about is making sure that the person like understands their power. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm the coach and I can facilitate this for you, yeah. but ultimately like you're the hero. Yep. I don't want to be hero. Yeah. And I just, I just realized someone was someone like a new client was putting me on a pedestal and I wrote, I, I, I wrote, I haven't sent it to her yet or talked to her about it yet, but I wrote a poem about it. Cause I was like, you got to take me off the pedestal. And you have to put yourself on it. You know, like, I feel like when we hold someone else in like this super high esteem, we actually like put a block from letting ourselves, letting ourselves see ourselves that way.
0: Does that make sense? Totally. And I think it, it asks the question for people listening who are kind of resonating with this and nodding your head. What if you asked yourself the question, what if you put yourself on the pedestal? What if you took other people down for just a moment and put yourself <laughs> up there? What are you afraid of? What might happen? What might open up for you? What do you desire from that place? But I think for a lot of people, the biggest question is what are you afraid might happen if you put yourself up on your own pedestal? If you made yourself the center? If if you knew that you had all the answers, if you were the expert. Oh, I have chills. I feel like that's such a powerful question. And I, I just, that's my definition of, of power is just knowing which direction you're going. So like kind of circling back to spells and rituals and things like that, the I, only ones I've ever done is so far is asking my guides and you know spirit la la la, la whatever like <laughs> give me the, the the strength and the patience and the guidance to go wherever i need to go to mm. ask the questions i need to ask of myself to really what i'm asking for is I hate using the word purpose because that's not what it is. It's put me on the right path and give me whatever tools I need to continue there. Because I feel like where my challenges is, and I've talked about this before on the podcast is anytime I up level, I get really scared and I think that's super common. I know I'm not the first person. <laughs> I know there's yeah, people listening. No, Every time I up level, it's like I, I peek up over the ledge of that wall and I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit, it's scary out there. People yeah. might not like me anymore. You know, all the fears and all my inner critic starts chatting and then I tumble backwards a little bit and I hide out and I play, I figure out a way to play small at this new level. Yeah. And to me witchcraft and spirituality and you know call it whatever you want to but it it is me really stepping into the woman that I was meant to be, because I know it was not a woman who was, who was playing small. And if that makes me intimidating, well, shit. So be it. Because Let it be. Yeah. What's, what's intimidating to one person and, and really someone who thinks I'm intimidating is really afraid. I think for women, it's, it's, they see something in that in, in me that they want to tap into deep down and they are, they're terrified of it because of their own messaging. And for men, I have, I had this one particular best friend for a long time and she always dated, not always, many of her boyfriends did not like me and Mm. she was more, more of a passive personality. And (laughs) I know exactly what was happening. Like they didn't, they liked passive women and they sure shit didn't like me. Yeah, Um, And And they don't want your friend to like, (laughs) no, they didn't want their friend to hang out with me. And it, I have intimidated many men before and I, there's, I mean, I don't need to explain why that is. We all know.
1: <laughs> well, you know, what's funny. I'm like, I'm not straight at all. Uh-huh. Um, I, I came out as a lesbian in high school and then just recently I just ended like a really long-term relationship and all of a sudden I have been attracted to men and it's very odd to me. <laughs> uh-huh it's just like this masculine feminine dynamic i have questions andrea <laughs> like, <I'm> like <laughs> I what i can't believe women put up with this oh, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it's funny i bring that up because i'm like this is new to me that like that i even care what a man thinks about me mm. um but i could totally see that intimidating factor or even just even just a woman being all that she can be and like all that she was meant to be. I think that is probably terrifying on some level Mm -hmm. to anyone witnessing it because it kind of calls
0: them out on not being
1: in that place and on not doing the work to evolve in that way.
0: Yeah. So I, is what you're saying that, so for example, a woman who is, maybe in like a circle of of girlfriends and she starts doing the work and sort of like stepping into her power and maybe like doing things like going after promotions and, and yeah. doing things that scare her and yeah. she might get pushed back from friends.
1: Yeah. Well, she becomes a trigger. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And she becomes a trigger because, I think at the end of the day, as humans, we all want to, we all want to evolve and we all want to grow, right? That's just like a base desire, but it's also terrifying. Like the growth process is it's scary it's not like it's not easy <laughs> not everybody um, will like it
0: but i agree with what you said i think for some people it it triggers them they're afraid that that person's going to evolve away from them they're afraid that they don't have whatever that person has to do with themselves in their own life yeah it's a real thing it's so real it's so
1: real and and then it becomes like this other obstacle like am i willing am i willing to grow myself even though i know it's going to trigger other people
0: Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast. When you sign up it really helps the show noise under podcast subject to your available earnings location daily max and pay period max see com slash tos for details earnin is a financial technology company not a bank bank products are issued by evolve bank and trust member fdic Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify.
1: This actually reminds me of, have you read um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? A long time ago, yes. Oh, okay. So, so I'm going to turn 30 in like eight months, I think. And so I created this 30 before 30 list and I love The Four Agreements. It's totally one of my personal Bibles. And I decided in my 30 before 30, one of them is to like master The Four Agreements. I totally know them. I'm into it, but I want to like really embody The Four Agreements and And the one that's coming up is don't take anything personally because nothing that anyone ever says to you is actually to you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I I feel like the sentiment is actually we're so neurotic as humans that we're, we're all in our own world. And when we react to something, it's actually like an inner turmoil that we've just given voice to.
0: Yes. yes, And because I wrote about that particular agreement in my my book, because I have issue with that a little bit And here. I'll tell you. So if anyone's read my book, they know that my issue with this. So I think I wrote about it in the people-pleasing chapter because people-pleasers tend to take things personally. And I researched this because... I wanted to know exactly, I felt like... I wanted to know like, how, how, how do we do this? Mr. Ruiz? Like, (laughs) and And he did an interview with Ellen a long time ago and I found the transcript of it. And she asked him that specific question. How in the world do we actually do this? Someone is mean to us. How do we, especially maybe if it's like someone we care about, not a stranger on the internet, how do we not take it personally? And he said that it's not that we don't, that it doesn't sting. Like it still hurts, but it's what you do with that that he's actually talking about. And I think that I want to say that because I think that some people can just take that at face value. Like, Oh, just don't think take things personally. ta da! But (laughs) I think like what I'm trying to say is that you feel the hurt and then, you know, you have to do the work to deal with that. But okay. So what do you think of this? Here's my, my pushback on that. Because I think sometimes we call people's behavior out because they are genuinely being assholes. You know, like, like for instance, (laughs) My husband, and I'm going to use myself as an example, and I don't think I was being an asshole, but I, we bought a house and we were decorating it and he didn't like the way that I, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was my tone or the things that I was saying as he was helping me like hang curtain rods and things like that, because I didn't like how he God. did it. And we were having some disagreements. So he used his tools that we learned in marriage counseling because <laughs> so good. And he said, like, I don't like that you're doing this. And he had to actually call it out in the moment because I didn't know. And he couldn't give me an example and he did. And so I, on one hand, I could say, that's all your shit, Jason. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to take this personally, but the truth of it was Alianka, like I was being not nice. So I think that that's, that's my question. And I get that question a lot from my people is like, how do I know like what's their shit and what's actually truth to it? You know what I mean?
1: Totally, totally. Well, I think, well, I love that we're discussing this first of all, um, because I feel like they're, even if we're trying not to take things personally, which I, to me, I take that, that agreement as like, no one's attacking me.
0: Yeah. Like it is, it's, it's not, not about your re- person. It's about your behavior
1: exactly so like for me that i think that's what resonates the most out of that is like no one's tr- actually trying to attack me for the most part and if they are then i better call that shit out you know yes. yeah. but i think even in like the example of you and your hubby i feel like he like that's just conscious relating mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i don't like that you're doing this to me and then i i wonder like for you was that a moment of oh i am Behaving this way, or or was it like a stubborn like f you?
0: You know. Well, my my initial reaction (laughs) was to be defensive which I think is natural for all people. No one likes to be told that they're communicating poorly or that they're not doing something that the, you know, like it just, it my cause like my best friend is a perfect example of it. She is like, she's writing a book about communication. She is yeah. a communication expert, hands down. And there's been a couple of times where I've been doing something unknowingly and she is so gracious about how she comes to me. And it's from so, so obviously from a place of love. And still there is a part of me that wants to be like, um, well, maybe if you didn't do that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the old wounds, yeah. of former relationships. You know, like, just nobody nobody really likes that. But I I yeah. just, I think that if you can be evolved enough to know that it's not about you as a human, it's just the yeah. behavior. That, to me, is not taking things personally. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. I mean, I don't know if that's what Don Miguel Ruiz would say, but...
1: <laughs> we'll have it? to ask him.
0: Yeah. And it, I just, I, I love that you have, like, a, a 30 before 30. I don't ever, I wish I did stuff like that, but... <laughs> I don't. I'm not that evolved. I guess. I feel I evolved <laughs> I feel in like other
1: Kind of dorky. I mean, there are like some deep things like that, like master the four agreements, and then another one is I want to dye my hair yeah. because I've never dyed my hair before. <laughs> There's like a good mix
0: of silly things, and then like, oh, this is the person I want to be. <laughs> oh my gosh! Totally unrelated. You know, speaking of my husband, he because I got I bought a cauldron. Ooh, of course yes! And you know what, you guys, it's not like a big cauldron where I'm going to be like throwing chicken legs in there and like, <laughs> you know, the hairs of my, got, like, a little, tears that's of my top one. yeah, it's a little yeah. cute one and it's basically a cast iron skillet made into like a bowl. <laughs> that's what it is. It's just fireproof. And I was watching, there's a couple of different women, witches that I follow on YouTube. One is witchery TV. We'll put up, of course, all the links in the show notes and to Don Miguel Ruiz's book, and to my raise hell program. So go over there if you want to, if you want to grab it, but witchery TV and the white witch parlor. And mm-hmm. she was doing one of, she was doing a, a protection spell, uh, a YouTube tutorial. Of course she was. And I was watching <laughs> I, it. I the, love
1: the world that we live in. I know. Right.
0: <laughs> Cause this would not have happened 50 years ago. And so my husband was like, Just doing reading or something, and he's looking over my shoulder and watching. And he goes, "You know, I'm having a really hard time taking this seriously." (laughs) And so I started just, and I was like, "Well, here's what I've learned so far: is that first, before you do any spell or ritual, you have to cast a circle in starting in the east. And it's a good thing I have a compass on my iPhone because I will not know. (laughs) Cast a circle, and then you have to close the circle when you're done. And so, yeah my my rituals are pretty basic. Just like writing your fears down and burning them in my cauldron and with my (laughs) crystals. Totally. I also,
1: I, there is, there's a spiritual advisor I follow on Instagram. Her name's Amelia Ortiz. And I, um, this has actually been like an interesting journey because I feel like a lot of the people who teach witchcraft online are Caucasian. And obviously I love white women. I have several and, that aren't. I'll have to tell you who they are. Oh my God. Send them to me. because yeah. I'm always, I'm always on the lookout, especially, I don't know. DR is such a small country. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I'm always on the lookout for Hispanic women witches online. And one of them is Amelia Ortiz and it, and her things, she, she talks a lot about like mental
0: health and I'm like, Oh, I'm into this kind of witchcraft. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah no, I think there's only one, that one woman, her name is Jenna, the white witch parlor. She's the only, and by, by white, she's talking about white magic, not like that she yeah. is the <laughs> Right. Yeah, she's. I think maybe the only one that's the rest that I follow are Hispanic. There's one woman of color. Yeah. Oh my god, that's all different. (laughs) Send them over. Yeah, I will send, and we'll throw them in the show in the show notes too for anyone who's interested. And and there's a couple of books that I'm going to show in there or that I'm going to put in there just for fun that are like. I got, like, the beginning witchcraft book, and it's really interesting because I wanted to know the history of witchcraft. Like, not just... Because I think all anybody really knows is the Salem Witch Trials and that they were burning witches and drowning witches. And that is really frightening that... I, From what I understand, they were killing women who basically said something like, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You were done. And it was to me, from what I understand, it was really about shutting down any kind of magic. And they didn't think it was magic. I mean, for women, it was just like their sixth sense, their feeling. And we all I mean, this intuition. talk about all the time. It's, it's intuition. intuition. Yeah. I always, I always say
1: this. I'm really clairvoyant. My grandma was a witch, but I, I really believe that like all women have intuition,
0: all of them. I think oh. all people do, but I do think that women have more of it than men, just given our gender and, and just, there's, there are some differences, but I absolutely totally. think that women feel it more than men. Yeah. We just have like access to it. It's a but gift. It's, I, mm-hmm. I really
1: do think all women have this, have this power. Mm-hmm. All the women have magic within them. Yeah. Um, I really feel that way.
0: I totally agree with you. And this flew by because... <laughs> And I get to, of course, I'm just gonna have to have you on again so I could ask you the rest of the questions that I that I had for you. But is there anything else that you want to say to feel like you have completed this circle? No, this, <laughs> this conversation.
1: Like, no, I'm just so glad we had this conversation. I feel like, you know what, I with the way like the world is moving right now, moving into this divine feminine paradigm and like hashtag the future is female and all of this stuff. I'm really grateful, Andrea, that we had this conversation because this is part of that conversation too. When we talk about women rising, I have a vision that women are going to heal and rule the world. And whenever I think of that vision, I'm like, this is how we rise by mm-hmm. like communicating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's, that of course opens up a whole nother conversation about <laughs> gender and, and yes. Okay. So. <laughs> we'll next next time. time. <laughs> The <laughs> because I think that's where we're headed. It's it's going to look different. So thank you so much. This has been so fun and and not what I expected. It just has exceeded my expectations and Alianka's website will be in the show notes. Everyone and of course everything we talked about here, please go follow her on social media. You will not be sorry that you did. She is such a force to be reckoned with and I mean that in such a non-dominating way. <laughs> but again, as always, I thank you so much for spending your time with us. I know how precious precious your time is. And I'm so grateful that you have spent this amount of time with us. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye bye, everybody.